When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio, and of course the other applications I've said in the past, but that I would consider these the big five. iHeartRadio and Spotify are now a part of Brave the Wild, so just more branches, more possibilities for you to listen to this show. It's like, why not? Spotify seems to be rolling in a good direction. Love that application. It's pretty nice stuff. And, of course, iHeartRadio is a, a big one out there. Nice to be on that as well. Could be very helpful to the show, hopefully. Hope uh, all of you had a good uh, couple weeks here. apologize. It's been uh, two weeks since the last show. But, of course, you know during the bye, there's no games to review. I already previewed the two games that will be talked about on this show. A couple of original six teams. Got pounded in one of them, unfortunately, and of course played significantly better in the next one. But you know that's what kind of season it's been. We don't know. We don't really know what's going to happen. I don't really see this as a playoff team. But uh, again, the Minnesota Wild split versus the Boston Bruins oh, and the Chicago Blackhawks. So the Wild finally beat the Blackhawks again. But of course, the only time we regularly beat the Blackhawks was in the. Uh, <laughs> regular season anyway in the past. So I, again, I'm not trying to be sarcastic and rude. It's just, it's a frustration. That's all. It's frustration. You know, teams like the Yankees, the Lakers and such that have tormented Minnesota sports forever just continue to do so. Uh, we jump into the month of February. The, the first of February, the Boston Bruins come to Excel Energy Center and, uh, well, the Minnesota Wild looked like they'd been on a layup for a while and they just never gained anything. They never gained any speed of any kind. Uh, this would be Victor Rask's last game for a while because it looks like he's going to be scratched for a significant amount of time because, I don't know, uh, he's just too slow. I mean, you can't put him with, like, Fiala and Zucker or something like that. He's just too slow. You're going to keep up with guys like that? Like, good luck. Uh, seriously, when you're probably one of the slowest players on the team. It's like, no offense, he's got intangibles to his game and all that, but he's just too damn slow. And that's kind of what the problem is. If you can't skate, you can't skate. That's the end of the day, just like a... Uh, Derek Felska locally would tell me uh, there's a lot of players in the NHL that have been drafted. You get they're highly touted and they they can't skate real well. It's a big problem. So of course, uh, crease and assist do check that out. I'll talk about that in the second segment significantly more. But again, shout out to Derek out there. Love the guy. Uh, great great hockey knowledge right there. 
Uh, six to one, Minnesota losing. Not six to one winning. <laughs> Minnesota losing to the Boston Bruins and getting closer and closer to five hundred. And in the hockey world, five hundred is not good. Again, basketball is a pretty good chance you're still in the playoff hunt. Of course, the Timberwolves are like about their their record is basically the opposite of what Boston's is in the NHL right now. That's how bad it's been since about Thanksgiving. They're like the worst team in the NBA since <laughs> since Thanksgiving. Not funny, but. Just being honest, uh, Pasternak just continues to dominate 38 goals. This is a really good team. I mean, a damn good team. And like I said, way back in 2010 about the Chicago Blackhawks, this team's going to win the Stanley Cup real soon. Real soon. And they won the Stanley Cup that year. This Boston Bruins team is going to win a Stanley Cup again very soon. Uh, there's just no doubt. They, I, If I'm picking somebody right now today, it's the Boston Bruins. I mean, it is. As good as the St. Louis Blues are, I think the Bruins get it done this year. They are on a mission. I mean, they are on a mission like I've never seen. And I just think they're the best team in the NHL, but we'll see. We all know how that can go. A team just rolls through the regular season. And, well, look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, Boston is more playoff tested than the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Even though they've made the playoffs many times, them being Tampa, they just always seem to blow it, other than in 2004, anyway, when they were the team of destiny. Boston is just, they, I, I just get this feeling. They're as mentally tough as any team in the NHL. Uh, Tori Krug just kind of walking through guys and scoring. Slow guys just halfway paying attention. Brad Marchand, his 22nd goal of the year. Marchand, Marchand, one of the craziest people ever. I don't even want to get into it anymore. Uh, he's just, you know, as good of a player as he is. He is a pain in the ass. You'd love to have him as a teammate, I'm sure. At least I, I hope you would. I don't know what he's really like in the locker room, but uh, a pain in the ass to play against. Everybody hates him, basically. Uh, the highlight of this game, the highlight of this game, other than just watching Boston skate around us, like, you know, I don't even want to get into it, how bad it was, was Matt Dumba basically punching him in the face and right in the nose a couple times. That's about the highlight of the game for the Minnesota Wild, other than Matt Zuccarillo's pretty nice goal there off of a rebound from Carson Soucy's shot, just kind of spinning around and releasing it. Uh, it was technically a wrister from about 15 feet away or so. Nice nice release, nice play, and all that. Uh, Halak is going to be the goalie for a while because, of course, Mr. Uh, you know, Tukarask injured a couple of weeks ago there. It looked like a concussion situation there. Unfortunately for Tuka Rask, the other Rask, the one that's significant for the Boston Bruins. Um, Charlie Coyle, Charlie Coyle, he's, you know, he's got his 29 points. He's been okay this year, 27 points, pardon me. You know, he's decent on the face-off. He's this, he's that, but he never scores. He'll he'll have some moments here and there, but generally speaking, the guy never scores, and it's like, whatever. <sighs> I just wish Wild got a draft pick. As much as I like Donato, I wish the Wild got a draft pick for it. Of course, the Wild being Paul Fenton in that case. Uh, Tory Krug, though, looking like, I don't know who, just dominating out there, making everything look easy. He had four points in the game, two goals, two assists, and skating right into the zone uh, and scoring at will, basically. <laughs> having no problem whatsoever. Ugh, really a, just an awful game. And again, it's one of those, you don't really want to even talk about it a whole lot because it's just, they were good and we weren't. Dubnik was mediocre at best. He didn't have a whole lot of help in front of him. I mean, Dubnik's just not a very good goalie. And, you know, he's the kind of guy, I think, you're in the locker room with him long enough. You know, you, you're probably like, oh, great game, Doobie. You know, like when he has good games and you feel good and we're all getting along but when things aren't going well, I bet he's the biggest, you know, I mean, because every single goal, it's someone else's fault, it's the ref's fault, it's the defenseman's fault, it's this, is that, and in multiple press conferences in the past, or, you know, people talking about him, or talking in the locker room after we're talking with him, the, the media and all that, he's always throwing teammates under the bus, so, I mean, I, I, I don't know, 
He may be a very good guy off the ice, but I don't know. On the ice and after games, he's not the best all the time. And I can imagine how that can wear on players in the locker room. I can imagine. I mean, that, that's why you might think the locker room is kind of like so-so for many, many years. And of course, guys like Parisi uh, Suter, you could go on forever. Uh, you could go on forever about this and that. Uh, Suter being a dictator, basically, with the minutes and all that. That's been a problem for decades. It's just, no decades, I'm just exaggerating. But I'm actually shocked he didn't lead the team in minutes. It was actually Matt Dumba, of all people. And he's been playing significantly better. Significantly better. Got a couple blocks. Putting the puck on net like he does. His accuracy is improving, thankfully. Uh, Greg Patterson actually had five shots on net in the game, if you can believe it. But uh, to, to my delight, Brad Hunt returns, and Pattern is the one going to the press box in terms of, uh, you know, <laughs> in terms of getting into the Chicago game. Funny, we won, right? Uh, Nick Sealer also put on waivers in hopes to get him to Iowa, but the Chicago Blackhawks end up claiming Nick Sealer. So we get no compensation whatsoever for Sealer. Couldn't even get a fifth round pick like we got for Mike Riley. Sealer's better than Riley, right? And we couldn't even get a draft pick for him. I don't know. You'd think that he was on the shelf. I don't know, that he was on the trade block. Like, would you like to dangle a fifth-round pick our way? A, a, a fourth-round pick would be really nice. I don't think the Wild were asking for a whole lot if you were willing to put him on waivers and risk losing him. Uh, but, well, Nick Sealer, hopefully he gets some more minutes. Uh, crying shame. I love the guy. Loved Nick Sealer. He was so promising. And, well, he's no longer a member of the Wild. And not too happy about that, actually. It's, it is it is what it is. You know, I mean, Susie outplayed him. Carson, Susie outplayed him. Can't believe it. I mean, Sealer only got in six games. Of course, from Eden Prairie. Fifth-round pick for Minnesota. Played with the Gophs. Physical defenseman, obviously. Occasionally could uh, score a bit. I mean, he was on the second pairing. Remember when Brodeen was hurt a couple years ago? He was on the second pairing on the left side. It was beautiful. He was doing great. He was with uh, Spurgeon, if I remember correctly, because it was Suter and Dumba, which I think is the more appropriate uh, combination. That's when Dumba played at his best. Just I don't know. It's Suter being Suter again. He has to play with Spurgeon or else, basically. But uh, Sealer was playing so well, and at the end of the day, it ended up being Susie playing well, and he ends up uh, claiming the job, and Sealer is no longer on the wild, and he's on, dare we call them arch rivals? I mean, because of the three cups recently, even though they're not competing for any Stanley Cup anytime soon. Yeah, but then again, maybe they will with some of their young prospects improving and Kane and Taves are still pretty good. They just, you know, well, you know, get some help around them. Some of the older guys moving out and on and young guys moving in and panning out. Blackhawks could be back in the mix again for the, you know, the, the, the cup and all that. I hate even thinking about that. It just scares me. But no, Susie obviously having a hell of a year, showing some offensive ability and simply just putting the puck on that. He'll get assists for that. And six goals in the season. He's been a wonderful player for the Wild all season. I mean, he's deserving of being on a, on a second pairing, if, if not the third. You know, I mean, if, if ultimately just the third pairing, he could at least, uh, he could move up to the second pairing at times and fit in perfectly. It's not like, oh boy, are you sure about that? You know, it's, it's never like that with Carson Soucy. He, uh, he is a, he's a damn good defenseman. Uh, he's a damn good defenseman who brings multiple aspects. Obviously, a good, solid defense, smart, smart game, and some skill. Ah, God, I love what Carson Soucy brings to the Minnesota Wild. It's just, again, sad to see Nick Steeler go. Ah, only six games this year. Ah, oh, man, too many sixes. <laughs> He's creeping me out a little bit. The Wild penalty kill is now 30th in the National Hockey League, and it's been dead last for like a month, if not two months. It's been bad. Uh, at least a month now. Uh, the 30th in the league overall. 
Remember when the wild penalty kill, like basically every year, especially in the Lemire era, but almost every year other than Todd Richards, it was one of the best in the league. Always upper echelon, always top halves, uh, oftentimes top third, even top quarter of the NHL. It's at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom, uh, 30th. It's uh, been quite a struggle for the Minnesota Wild on the penalty kill this year. And in the Boston game, it was just like, okay. Uh, you, you know it's a bad game when Bruce Boudreaux basically two and a half minutes into his uh, postgame press conference just says, I'm done. It's a bad game. It was just a bad game. And it wasn't because of referees. It was because the players just didn't show up at all. And Boston skated around him. I mean, it was mighty ducks. It was the, the Hawks versus the Ducks the first time around where they just skated around them and made them look like fools. That's basically what this was. The Hawks versus the Ducks. Of course, they were just called District 5 at the time. They weren't even the Ducks. Ah, man. No, they were the Ducks already. I'm crazy. But uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, They were just bad. They were just bad. And uh, and that's what kind of game this was. I'm not trying to badmouth the team, okay? So some of you that might be sensitive out there and thinking, why is he badmouthing the team? Because they didn't play well. You know? Because they didn't play well. I'm, I'm just... Just, just saying it like it is. They did not play well at all. And if you saw the game, you'd agree. I would hope. Trappy game. 6-1. to one. Let's move on for the sake of uh, sanity here. Feb 4. Feb 4. Chicago comes to Excel Energy Center. And this was pretty good. It was a pretty good hockey game. Uh, the Minnesota Wild definitely more focused in this game. And you got to see some flashes. You got to see Kevin Fiala look like Mike Madonna a little bit with some of that speed. Little bit of Madonna entering in the Fiala department here. And Paul Fenton, I mean, hey, hell of a trade, obviously. Uh, would have been nice to get another asset. Maybe really <laughs> come ahead there. Because it's like you're giving him ground on a guy who scored 70 points before, or 69, but basically 70 points before. He's had upper 20s and goals. He's had some awesome seasons. And he can play multiple positions, obviously, right wing and center. He's technically left, but he played on the right all the time because. Everybody plays right wing or shoots left lately. And I guess Kirill Kabrizov does the same. Ah, okay. Interesting. But Kabrizov, he, he can he can go to the left side, but he shoots left. So I'm getting more and more confused by the whole thing. <laughs> I'm getting more and more confused by it. But uh, Fiala, again, just kind of attacking the net, putting the puck on net, finally getting his 10th goal of the season. Now, before I praise Fiala like he's Mike Madonna, literally, and hint, hint on... Madonna and all that right now, but uh, before I praise him for a spectacular game like he had against the Blackhawks, to be honest and to be fair, he'd been in quite a drought. He was at 28 points for like eternity, it seemed like. Uh, he'd been quiet for a while, uh, but he'd been ca- but he finally been catching up a bit. Of course, you had the, the drought, or excuse me, you had the you had the buy. Uh, he'd, he'd have assists here and there. I guess no, I'm wrong. He wasn't on quite the long drought I've ever seen. It was like every other game or so, two or three games. It seemed like he was on a longer drought, so I'm a little surprised <laughs> to sit down and analyze this. But, uh, no, I mean, he'd, he'd been kind of quiet. He wasn't really on a tear, but then a game like this will really get you going. Uh, he was at 27 points. He got his uh, 28th point versus the D- uh, Detroit Red Wings uh, in the 4-2 to win right before the bye. 27 points. Maybe it was just the bye that's throwing me off. Like, oh, it's been weeks since he got points. Well, yeah, it's been weeks because they hadn't been playing. Duh. <laughs> but, no, definitely flashed here. Again, putting the puck on net early on. Quick release. It was the release that basically created that goal. His first of the uh, his first of the two goals. But the second one, 
is what Paul Fenton saw, where he flashes at times. Uh, he is, uh, whew, whew, that was an awesome play. Uh, skated through about th- three different Chicago Blackhawks on the play, uh, through two defenders at the end of the day uh, to make the move on Crawford, the infamous Corey Crawford. What a spectacular play by Kevin Fiala. Again, second goal of the game, 11th of the season. Crazy to think he only has 11 goals, but after the really, really slow start, I guess that's how it goes. If it wasn't for the slow start, Fiala should have like 50 points by now, and I think he's the kind of guy who could be a 70, 80-point player if and when he really does pan out. Um, flashed in overtime as well, looked like he was going to have a spectacular play there. Madonna with the jersey flapping, just he's the closest thing to Madonna on the Minnesota Wild roster, I would say right now. He, he's the closest thing. You can't say it's Zucker. You just can't. I, I see Zucker as an expendable piece, as popular as his wife is, and God bless her, no offense to her, no offense to anybody else, just, uh, it's not, not my style, some of that stuff, all the all the celebrity this, celebrity that, we're the coolest people ever, great, but, you know, you score sometimes, you don't score sometimes, uh, I was having a conversation with Derek yesterday about, to me, he's the equivalent of a corner outfielder, maybe like Eddie Rosario with the Twins, when he flashes, oh my God, he's like the best hitter in baseball, and then, like, for a month, he's batting, like, 150. You know, with, like, two home runs or, or something. Or, no, like, one home run. And it's like, okay, that's kind of Zucker to me. He's like the equivalent of a corner outfielder. You you know, they're expendable sometimes, you know. And a corner outfielder, that's hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. That's what Zucker is to me. That's, you know, he's a winger. He's, he's got his value. He can score. He can get hot. But then he gets cold, and he's in, and he's out. It's not like he's a cancer in the locker room. It's not like he's a dictator. He's a jackass. He's not any of that at all, which is great. Because there's jackasses in every locker room, probably in every sport. Just sometimes when your team's winning, you ignore it. And you and you just say, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of a, a, a prick. But, you know, but hey, we're, we're winning. We're getting along and rock and roll. You know, <laughs> there's that in every locker room. But, uh, yeah, Zucker's not that kind of guy. It's just the in-and-out uh, play, in-and-out hot streaks. I know, it's kind of like welcome to sports, but again, that just further tells you he's good, but he's no star. He's not. In fact, the wild closest thing to a star right now on the roster is probably, can I say it? It's not going to here. Kevin Fiala. It probably is. And again, he'd been very quiet in the goal department for a very long time. Uh, he'd piled up some assists here and there, and that's good. But again, very, very quiet for a very, very, very long time. Speaking of guys that were quiet for a very, 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 very long time, Matt Dumba had two points in the game. Again, he had an assist on that second play, the power play goal by Kevin Fiala, where he literally flashed. And you saw a little Mike Madonna skating around players. And, oh boy, the stick handling, the release on the shot, the skating. You know, and, you know, we, we, we talk about skating and prospects that are frustrating. You take him in the first round, you take him fourth overall, like Benoit Puglia, and he can't bleep and skate. He, he can't bleep and skate. And, you know, you're never going to get far with guys that can hardly skate. Uh, sure, they can skate better than me. Duh, no kidding. But, I mean, compared to other players in the National Hockey League, Hockey League, they can't skate like the good players. They can't skate like the great players or even the good players sometimes. And then what's Kevin Fiala? He can freaking skate. So, hello, let's go. He can skate, he can stick handle, and he's got a good release. Again, and a lot of that skittish play that was around last year, maybe at the beginning of this year as well, just that lingering fear after the femur injury, God forbid. We never want to think about that ever again. Uh, With the National Predators, he's shaking it off, and you're starting to see flashes of what this guy can really do. 
in the National Hockey League. Uh, he's, like, he's one of those guys you put the red circle with the line through it, as in no trade. Just don't, don't trade this guy. You're not going to get fair value for him. He's, he's the kind of person you just will not trade. And he's the closest thing to a star on the roster right now. Thankfully, we got a, a guy who will also be in that category, very much so, from Russia, coming up in April. So that's coming up very soon. But no, Matt Dumba, finally, a guy who hasn't scored a goal since, like, 1840, since, since the gold rush. Uh, well, he got his fourth goal of the year in overtime, and he did it kind of the way Duncan Keith did last year late in the season in an overtime game where he surprised everybody, just had the puck and just kept going, kept attacking, stepping up on the play. And, of course, in overtime, it's risky because you could have an odd man rush, like three on zero going the other way sometimes and in, in moments like that. Guys just they pick up the puck and just skate away, and it's like, oh, great. But uh, great play by Dumba. A greasy goal. It ended up being a greasy Parisi type of goal. And finished it. <laughs> Thomas' fourth goal this season. The Wild win in overtime. It wasn't even like a speed play like it was in the past last year where he'd kind of attack with that great skating ability. There it is. There's that. There's that again. The skating ability that Dumba has. The great skating ability and the power on his shot and the power on the release and everything. Uh, that's how he'd win games in overtime uh, in the past. But in this one, he did it like Duncan Keith style. Just kind of going all the way and ended up finishing. So... Great for him, and can't complain about that at the end of the day. Oh, man. Four goals on the year, though. It's been a long bleeping time. As you go back, 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 back to November 12th. And would you believe he had scored a goal in consecutive games when everybody's like, finally, Dumba's breaking through. Oh, my. Yeah, he's breaking through. <laughs> November 9th and November 12th against the Arizona Coyotes and Los Angeles Kings. <sighs> Dumbo would get an assist two games later and wouldn't score a bleeping point. I think this is when he was at like 13 points for like eternity. Not 13 points, like 9 points for eternity. Uh, November 19th, he just goes on and on. He wouldn't score uh, a single point and assist until December 17th. Ridiculous amount of games. I was like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12... <laughs> 13, 14 consecutive games without a point. Yowzers. And before that, he had about an eight, eight game uh, uh, drought after he had two assists versus LA on October 26th. My God. So, uh, Dumba, well, hopefully we're going to see some more consistency. Again, droughts here, droughts there. He's been on a little bit of something since January the 18th. He got an assist against Dallas. Nothing against Florida. Two uh, two assists against Detroit. Again, putting the puck on end was a plus three in that game. Nothing against Boston. Nobody was good against Boston. So and he was actually he was actually even in that game. Which actually, <laughs> when the Wild, generally speaking, were a minus five to be even against the Boston Bruins. Good job. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. So Dumba definitely uh, looking a bit better. That's not bad, man. That's not bad considering. The way Boston was just tearing the wild to pieces. And I think, man, again, I mean, if they're playing anything like this around uh, June, they will win the Cup. Boston wins the Stanley Cup this year, the way things are going, I think. Uh, even even if Yaroslav Halak is their starting goalie in the postseason, I think they could win the Stanley Cup because Halak has been awesome for Boston. Certainly not good with uh, the uh, New York Islanders in the past. But, uh, yeah, I mean, nice. And good to see Dumba playing better. We're starting to see signs and... It's like they say, you know, sometimes you need a puck off someone's butt, your butt, someone else's butt, off of someone's skate or whatever the heck it is. Just something to see the puck go through <laughs> and the light go on. And, you know, it actually be being called a goal. No, like, 
<laughs> not being whistled off, anything to kind of get the confidence going. I think uh, guys like Matt Dumba, Jason Zucker, whoever, who are on droughts can pick it up and start rolling, and hopefully the Regina Canada native get things rolling here. Matt Dumba, let's see him get uh, 15 goals at the end of the season. Wouldn't that be nice? An 11-goal tear the rest of the season. That would be not bad uh, if he went up with 15 goals after such a horrendous drought earlier in the year and other droughts along the way. Uh, nice, fun, entertaining game against the Blackhawks. I enjoyed it. It was well played. And, you know, it wasn't the best game ever, but it was well played, and the Wild got the job done. Uh, Blackhawks have some, definitely have some hope for the future to bring Cat, Doc, uh, and of course you still got the franchises, and uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. They're not that old yet. So we'll see. Um, bit pieces like Brandon Saad, who should have been better, I thought, but just never happened. We'll see what happens. Duncan Keith's old, obviously, and Seabrook is pretty much done. Duncan Keith still gets a ton of minutes, though, but he's ancient. Uh, just have to wait and see. Let them uh, let the other players continue to develop. They could probably use some help on defense, I'm sure, but uh, Boquist has uh, some potential, I suppose. Uh, with that said, we'll take a quick break, get into uh, four games to preview. Also, I'll tell you the story. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the story about next week. What's going to happen in segment number two as well? But uh, we'll, we'll be previewing four games coming up right after this. But oh, first I better not jump away too quick. The Mike Madonna Award is going to go to Kevin Fiala because he looked like Mike Madonna out there. Absolutely spectacular. The James Shepard Memorial. I mean, Zucker's just been invisible. He's not special. He's just not a special player. Koivu. It's like you don't want to beat him up. But he's just been, you know, there's just nothing much left. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the whole team played like crap against the Boston Bruins. I wasn't impressed with Dubnik. I just haven't been impressed with them all season. And you don't want to beat up on a guy that's going through something off the ice with his wife, obviously with her illness, and hopefully she's getting better and better and better. It's just the negative attitude he's had for years that I don't think is good. I don't think it's healthy for this team. I think players around the locker room and around the team are tired of it. I think they are. I, I'm just telling you, I would get tired of it. If I was a second-line, third-line player on the Wild, second-pairing defenseman, and every bleeping time there's a goal, it's like, what the bleep, guys? Ah, boy, I, I, know, I, I, I control what I can, that type of thing. Maybe maybe it might be my fault sometimes, but you have to just like literally like, yeah, like amplify it. The, the, the level you do sometimes. So st stuff like that, I think, does not help in a locker room. I, I, I just don't think so. It wouldn't help in any working relationship. So just uh, getting that point across. So that's, uh, it's kind of like those three guys kind of like been eating at me for a while. And uh, this past week, it just continued, in my humble opinion, generally speaking. With that said, let's take a quick break. We'll preview the four games coming up and uh, continue with a busy schedule heading into February. back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, the big one, I guess you could say, at the end of the day. We continue through the month of February as the busyness takes over now, after the bye week, the All-Star game and all that. It's kind of sucky to have the bye week and the All-Star game at the same time, even though I'm sure they enjoyed the time off. It just, you know, you get games like the Boston one, 
though I, you know, I think it's just the players in that one more so than the buy itself. It'd be nice to have two breaks though, wouldn't it? Two breaks for the players anyway. For the fans, it's frustrating either way. Like, damn it, but well, let's we get some hockey to watch. That's good, <laughs> some hockey to watch tonight, Thursday. We get to play the Vancouver Canucks, who beat the crap out of us most recently. For the most part, it wasn't that good of a game. It's at Excel Energy Center, the sixth of February. I'd say keep Stalock going. He's been significantly better. Stalock was a net versus the Blackhawks, and he was pretty damn good. Uh, late goal by Chicago scared us a bit, but then again, of course, what happened with Dumba after that was pretty nice. Uh, made us feel good. Vancouver Canucks, completely uh, better team of late than they've been the past several years. Uh, seven goals. They're now in first place in the ever log-jammed Pacific Division. You got the Calgary, you got Vegas, you got, you know, San Jose's not real good, but Calgary's been playing poopy lately. They couldn't get past San Jose. Of course, you got the former Sharks coach, DeBall, a uh, member of the Vegas Golden Knights. That's going to be pretty crazy. The Sharks kind of, yeah, I mean, they, they you know, they're, they're not doing so hot. Obviously, we have about the same point total as them. They have more actual losses. Edmonton and Vancouver kind of duking it out for the division right now in the Pacific. You'd think it would be Vegas. Uh, you're hoping for Edmonton, some of you out there. Of course, nothing wrong with seeing Edmonton do well, as far as I'm concerned. But Vancouver's winning the division. It's kind of like 2011 again, when they were really, really good. Remember those days when Vancouver was kicking everybody at ass with the Sedin brothers and such? Seventh in the league in goals, eighth in the power play, thirteenth in goals against. So Markstrom been solid. He actually made the All Star game, which is kind of surprising. And he was adequate. It's basically just a glorified skills competition. Elias Patterson, recent draft pick, he's been leading the club in scoring. J T. Miller, the former Ranger, it's a good group of players. A veteran player, J T. Miller, having a really, really damn good season. Bo Horvat, ever Mister Consistent, the center position, he's been wonderful. Brock Besser, obviously Minnesota, a mile just a, just a few few miles away from Exxon Energy Centers where he grew up, and yeah, it's, I mean we're just I mean we're all going to keep complaining about it uh, as much as we like Jules Eriksson. He's a good, solid defensive center, and he's got 21 points on the year. At least he's got something now. At least he's not got like eight points basically, and like five in the last three months, something like that. But uh, so he's he's been significantly better this year. Obviously, he's just continuing to develop. Still young, but Brock Besser is more of a legitimate overall player. Twenty nine assists on the season, good for forty five points. Uh, Elias Pettersson though looks like a franchise player for Vancouver right now. About a point a game. He might be an eighty point guy. Uh, awesome, awesome start to his career. Quinn Hughes, thirty nine points as well. He's been very strong for the Vancouver can schmucks. But uh, they look awesome. Thirty and nineteen. 65 points. There's, they're actually gaining a little ground. They actually have the biggest distance uh, of any other group here because you get Edmonton is only one point ahead of Arizona. Arizona's tied with Vegas. Vegas is only one point ahead of the Shocks, or excuse me, the, the Flames, Calgary Flames there, who are just barely hanging on to a wild card. Them in uh, Vegas barely hanging on to the wild card right there. Uh, wild Minnesota Wild, obviously, way out. San Jose, way out. But they helped themselves beating Calgary recently. Uh, Vancouver, again, they have a three-point lead over Edmonton, and they look good. They look good. The Wilds' chances of beating the Vancouver Canucks, I, I don't know. I don't think I like it very much, but maybe the Wild have a good, strong game tonight. If we're going to beat Vancouver, it'd be today. Uh, during the, In this season series, I think Vancouver wins the season series 2-1 to one or 3-0 to zero at the end of the day. Very strong play by Vancouver. They just look like a fast, young, good hockey team. They just look good, and they're okay to watch. It's not like the old days where they were they had a bunch of people you didn't like. They don't have Matt Cook. They don't have Todd Bertuzzi. They don't have uh, Coach Crawford anymore. Carl Crawford. 
So there's no reason to really hate the Vancouver Canucks anymore. Uh, they're not in our division, obviously, anymore. It's been a while now. Four to one win. Uh, they look good. I like them. I like the Vancouver Canucks. I'm, I actually like the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they beat us pretty bad on January the 12th, not too long ago. So that was the day. <sighs> Frick. The, the chance of the Wild beating this team, I don't know. I mean, it's just, they're just faster. That's why I don't really have a whole lot of confidence uh, with the Wild in this one. It would just take a, a crappy game by Markstrom and somebody like Fiala to just keep rolling and actually get hot here. Fiala and Dumba. I mean, that's those are the kind of guys right now that need to carry this team. Along with the Hope Cunning, who's been centering the second line and doing damn good because Koivu is a fourth line center now. Koivu is done at the end of the year. I mean, it's there's no chance Koivu plays for the Wild next year. I, I think he's going to retire. I think he has to. And I think he knows. I think Koivu knows. Uh, he reached the milestones that, uh, you know, he reached some nice milestones this year. So he can't say he didn't get those, you know, the 700th point, the 1,000th game, and all that. Very respectable numbers. Great leadership for the club over the years, but I think that's it. And that's why, of course, uh, Luke Cunning is now the second-line center for the Minnesota Wild, and good for him. Hope he continues to uh, take advantage of that position and get some points, especially when you're playing with guys like Fiala and such. Uh, you're you're going to get points <laughs> against that uh, against that group. Of course, he's with Fiala and Zucker, so a very fast second line. It's it's groups like that that can help this team. Of course, Stahl, Zucker, and Zuccarillo, all 30-somethings on the top line there. Jules Erickson, Jules Erickson act with Greenway and Foligno. Love that line. It's the semi-geek line, you could say. Geek squad, geek squad, pardon me. Koivu with Donato and Hartman. None of those guys bad, obviously. Donato's got skills and Hartman's very solid overall. And Koivu is Koivu. He can win a face-off like with, with the best of them, but <laughs> not a whole lot left, though, in the tank. I'm sorry to say. Not being rude, not being arrogant. There's nothing you can say. Uh, but I think Vancouver... I don't know. I mean, I highly favor Vancouver in this game. I favor Vancouver. Uh, the wild power play has been pretty good, actually. That's one of our strengths. And, of course, when you have guys like Fiala on the power play, you got a shot. Oh, man. This, this could be a really rotten week. It could be really rotten. Uh, this is the kind of week where if you go, if you come out of this 2-2, two and two, you're feeling pretty good. Vancouver, Dallas, Colorado, Vegas. <laughs> this could be really rotten. Like 0-4, 1-3 very easily. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, the Wild never win in Dallas. This back-to-back situation. Ah, oh, boy. I don't I don't know. I think the Wild are going to lose both of these games. I'm sorry. I, I have to say it. Vancouver's going to take tonight, I think. It'll be a 3-2 to two game. I think uh, Stalock's going to be very respectable in the game. Got a feeling Fiala's going to score again in this one. I think Fiala will score again against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. A 3-2 to two loss, though. Maybe the Wild get a point out of it. Low scoring, uh, for, uh, because I think Stalock's going to have a good, strong night. I think Vancouver's going to put the puck on that like crazy. 35 shots. Stalock will have one of his really, really good games. I do believe Dumbo will keep uh, getting assists. Hopefully he'll get an assist on one of the goals there, but I think the Wild end up losing 3-2 to two or something like that uh, in a shootout, possibly overtime or just regulation, whatever it is. Maybe it's 4-2 to two because of uh, uh, empty net. But I think Vancouver wins one way or another. Maybe the Wild squeak a point. Back to back, Dallas Stars, Devin Dubnik in that in Dallas. Wild lose that game. I'm sorry. Uh, the Wild never win there. Devin Dubnik, I don't like his vibes right now. Maybe he'll have the best game of the year and he'll stop 40 shots. Dallas doesn't score a whole lot. I don't think the Wild score a whole lot either. I think the Stars win like 3 to 1, 3 to 2, something like that. Uh, I think the Stars win like 3 to 1, 3 to 2. 
two to one. It's going to be a lower scoring game. Uh, but Devin Dubnik, maybe he even gives up four goals in the game, generally speaking. But I don't think the Wild get a whole lot on Bishop. I think the Stars are going to be, you know, extra motivated after getting embarrassed last time around. I got a bad feeling, actually, going into this one. The Stars were absolutely humiliated by the Wild recently, six to uh, seven to nothing, pardon me. Uh, they pounded the Wild way back on October 29th, six to three. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a game like that again. Uh, Wild have won two in a row versus this club. That's awesome. Awesome. Wild have won. Uh, they've got an overtime win, or shootout win, pardon me, against the Stars with Koivu getting his, you know, he had his uh, 700th assist, or 700th point, pardon me, in 1,000th game. It was a big, big day on December the 1st, and he ended up uh, getting it on the backhand in the shootout. Awesome day. And against the Stars, a team who he's beaten multiple times in shootouts in the past, 7 nothing demolition on Jan 18. That was a beautiful night. Almost too good to be true, but of course, it's always like that with the Wild. They have a game like this, and it's like all the goals for like the next five games, it feels like, all got crammed into one here, or next two or three games, pardon me. That's an exaggeration. Um, I think the Stars, even the series, at the end of the day, Feb 7th, it's the, the, the rubber match of the series. If the Wild beat Dallas in the season series, very impressive, but it would be a crying shame in a non-playoff year, most likely a non-playoff year for Minnesota. We beat the Stars in a season series which never happens. We beat the Stars in a season series and it's in a meaningless season other than young players developing, which is great. Maybe develop some confidence against them in the future. That'd be awesome. But Dallas will win the game. Three to one, something like that. I don't think Dubnik's going to do a whole lot. Minnesota's scorer for sure will be Zach Parisi in my humble opinion. I'm just thinking he always does well against Dallas. I think Parisi will score the goal against the Dallas Stars. Let's try to move on. If humanly possible, I don't even want to talk about the Stars that much. But then again, do I? Yeah, I'll look at it a little bit. They're third in the league in goals against. Again, Ben Bishop having an all-star type of season. 11th in the penalty kill, 16th power play. They don't score a ton, but they score timely goals. And they're still a dangerous team who could have won the Stanley Cup last year. And they could win the Cup this year, too. They're, uh, you know, second place. They're actually ahead of Colorado, if you can believe that. So watch out. They could win the Cup, possibly. It'd be nice to see Joe Pavelski win. But, uh... None of us are huge fans of the Dallas Stars these days. No remnants of the North Stars anymore. So we'll move on from that. If humanly possible. And we get to play the other team, Colorado, the third place team, who I think is as good as the first place team. This is the Stanley Cup contender, the Colorado Avalanche, third place in the Central at the moment with 64 points. <laughs> Fred Kuz has been very solid in net. Uh, Philip Grubauer, Grubauer has not, Grubauer, what the hell am I saying? Philip Grubauer, <laughs> who had an awesome year last year after coming from the uh, Washington Capitals to Colorado, was absolutely spectacular, particularly in the second half of the season and into the postseason. He was just awesome, just awesome. And he's not having a very good year right now. Again, almost three goals a game. That's unfortunate, but when you have scores in front of him that have been so good, okay, well, they're fourth in goals for, ninth in goals against, so still very solid thanks to Frank Cruz. Uh, 21st in the power play. That's extremely disappointing. And that's probably what's keeping Colorado from being a first-place team. Just not consistent enough in special teams. 19th in penalty kill. That's not real good. And they, you know, they get a, they get penalty minutes too. So they've never been a really great disciplined team, to be quite honest. Uh, the problem is Miko Rackin has missed a ton of time. That's not helped. That's hurt their chances. Uh, Sam Girard, also solid player. Solid defenseman from the Rangers in the past. 
But uh, injuries, injury to uh, Miko Ratnan, who's missed a, a ton of games, 16 games this year, has not helped. He's a point-a-game guy. Uh, McKinnon's well, well over a point-a-game. He's a 100-point type of talent. Uh, he's spectacular, 73 points on the year. But only a plus four with an offense like this is kind of disappointing. Ryan Graves is a plus 36. So, again, it just shows a little bit of inconsistency with the Colorado Avalanche, which is probably what's keeping them from being a cup contender at times. Uh, Cole Makar, he's like a 60-70 point. Brent Burns, superstar defenseman. Everybody loves him. He's like a point-a-game defenseman. I mean, Paul Coffey, who, you know, Paul Coffey, you know, like Paul Coffey, good. Like, he's way up there with with the greats. Obviously very early in his career, but off to an amazing start. Uh, Gabriel Langeskog, Skog, pardon me, is another guy who's, again, one of those familiar names who's been good forever, but he's missed a ton of time as well, just like Miko Ratnan, also 16 games lost on the season. So it's reasons like that that have hurt the uh, Blackhawks. Gosh, the Colorado Avalanche. In a lot of ways, they're kind of like the Blackhawks right now in a lot of ways. Um, Blackhawks have been creeping up, haven't they? Why? You know, it's like right under our noses here. The Blackhawks are gradually creeping up. So imagine if the Hawks continued to get uh, two-point wins there. They did get a point against Minnesota, so it's not like they came out with nothing. 58 points. They're actually only six points behind the Colorado Avalanche. But Colorado has three games in hand versus the Blackhawks, two games in hand versus Dallas, and three again versus St. Louis. Colorado has played the least amount of games in the division. Uh, Minnesota's got ooh, two games in hand versus St. Louis and Chicago. So, ooh, ooh, here we come. <laughs> uh, I hope so. I hope the, I hope here we come. But 10 points in Colorado is not going to help your chances. Eric Johnson, the infamous former golfer, and first overall pick to the St. Louis Blues, is just, you know, what he is. He's okay. Just mediocre, uh, glorified Nick Schultz. But uh, no, the Wild, I think we win this one. I like the way the Wild have played against Colorado. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win. What do you think of that? And, you know, there's no reason to, th- no reason to think the Wild are just going to lose every game. I think Minnesota beats the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I hope so. Uh, last game around was a really fun one. I really enjoyed it. Obviously, it's one of those evening games. This is Sunday 6.30, no more football to talk about, so just sit down and watch some hockey. Don't worry about the Vikings anymore. Five-game series. The Wild are actually leading the season series, which is pretty damn cool. We've won two in a row. Maybe we win three in a row here. The last two games are at home, so the chances of the Wild winning the season series are outstanding, as they'd say in Canada. Uh, we wrap up the season series on the 23rd. The uh, current game again, February the 9th on Sunday, 6.30. I think the chances of the Wild winning this game are actually pretty high. Colorado's been kind of all over the place. How have they been doing lately? They've been picking it up, though, so that's one thing to worry about. They've won four of their last five. Apologize for not looking at these or the other games. <laughs> Just distracted thinking about the players in general. A shutout win uh, most recently versus San Jose. That's pretty impressive uh, after beating Calgary uh, most recently in terms of the... Uh, no, that was a while ago before the, the All-Star break. Uh, San Jose Sharks, their 4 nothing win. They beat the St. Louis Blues 5-3. Beat Detroit 6-3. Lose to Philadelphia 6-3. 6-1 demolition, crushing the Buffalo Sabres, who are all over the place. They will play Ottawa and Columbus before Minnesota. All road games. Wow, what a long road game. Uh, uh, road trip. Five-game road trip, wrapping up in Minnesota, and then come back home to host Ottawa on the 11th. The Wilds' chances of winning this game are pretty good, I think. Uh, the end of a road trip... And all that, they're probably tired, they're beat, they're kind of, you know, dying to get home, that type of thing. Maybe they want to get just get the hell out of there. Who knows? Yeah, 
the Colorado can ill afford to just throw games away, I'm sure, because uh, they're very much trying to get some home ice advantage, home ice advantage in the first round, and right now they would not have it because of the way things are at the moment. Um, Minnesota, I think we're going to win the game. I got a sneaky feeling. Maybe we lose the one later on in March, but flip flop this thing. But I think the Wild win the season series three to two. I will pick the Wild to win. 4-2 to two over the Colorado Avalanche, and the most likely guy to score will go with Dumbo. will get his fifth goal, uh, at least his fifth goal of the season, depending on what happens versus Dallas and such, or Vancouver coming in. But I think Dumbo will get his fifth goal of the year at the very least, and the Wild win 4-2. to two. Let's move right along here, if humanly possible. One of my favorite teams in the NHL, the Vegas Golden Knights, who've been all over the place, again, firing Gerald Gallant, and nobody knew what the hell that was all about other than probably quiet disagreements behind the scenes, that type of thing. What a mess. What a goofy situation. Uh, Fleury's all over the place. He's been hot. He's been cold. He's been suspended. He skipped the All-Star game. He did this. He did that. Three-game season series. December 17th, Vegas beat the Wild, which isn't very often. 3-2. to two, Good for them. And now we host the next two games against the Vegas Golden Knights, Feb 11 and March 12th. To wrap up the season series, I think the Wild possibly, I think we have a legitimate shot of actually winning the season series. It's just the craziest thing, but let's take it one game at a time. Marc-Andre Fleury, again, all over the place this year. I mean, when he's hot, he's amazing, and when he's not, he's not real good. He's given up four or five goals a game on occasion. Goals against average 2.79 on the season. Save percentage is not even at 91, which is pretty awful for Marc-Andre Fleury's standards, particularly in Vegas the last couple of years. Mark Stone is the big money guy. Signed that huge contract in the offseason after the trade from the uh, Ottawa Senators. He's leading the club in scoring along with Max Pacioretty. Riley Smith, six points behind. 48 points apiece for Stone and Pacioretty. Uh, Riley Smith and Pacioretty leading the team with 21 goals on the season. But Mark Stone, definitely a very skilled passer from the wing there. Hell of a player has been Mark Stone. He's having a career year in overall points. A wonderful season for him. Definitely a hell of a player. I mean, he, he for the longest time, he's like a 60, 65-point player, and people are like, why are they talking about him like he's like he's Connor McDavid, practically? But you see a hell of a lot of skill out of this guy, and when he when he wants it, he's got it, and uh, he's definitely uh, one of those kind of players that uh, Wilder would love to have, I'm sure, on the roster, but not at that price, I'm sure. It's too expensive. Vegas lately has been all over the place. Again, they fired Joe Gallant. I don't think it was a good move. Uh, Peter DeBoer, Peter DeBoer, he's okay. Again, you know, he's, he's, I don't know what to think of him. You know, just hot and cold. It's weird. You hire one of your, if you can call it a rival because the team is so new. If you can call the San Jose Sharks a rival. The Vegas Knights are so new. Like, how can you even say that? But a semi-rival after a frustrating playoff series. It's very NHL-like, isn't it? You hire the coach that beats you in the playoffs. It's goofy. Too bad they didn't get uh, Barry Trotz instead. That would have been better. Oh, Vegas with Barry Trotz. First place Stanley Cup favorites, man. With, with, with you know, Because they're obviously, they have some solid defense there. And Barry Trotz, oh, very defensive-minded coach. That helped put uh, Washington over the top because they have such elite scores. You have a defensive coach with elite scores. That's a recipe for success. Vegas, two and three. In their last five, most recently losing to Tampa. I was watching that one a bit with that NHL TV. Gotta love having that with the uh, reduced price right now. Yeah. <laughs> most recent shutout for Marc-Andre Fleury against Nashville. Three to nothing there. I, my fantasy team appreciated that. Third place fantasy team out of 12, I guess. So that's good. Carolina, beat, they beat the Avalanche. No, they beat the Avalanche. They beat the Hurricanes five, four to three. 
in Carolina. That was a pretty impressive win. Won a couple games in a row, but they first uh, lost to Montreal and Boston most recently. Just one-point losses, though. So they've been competitive in all their losses, and then the Knights shot out against Nashville. Good for them. I'm thinking positively. I think the Wild can definitely beat this club. They're not playing so hot lately. They're kind of all over the place. I don't know what to make of the third-place Vegas Golden Knights right now. At least they're third-place, sort of. They're tied with like everybody. They could be in second. They could be in first. A couple wins, they'd be a first-place team. A couple losses, they're out of the playoffs. That's what it's like in the Pacific Division. They'll visit Florida on the 6th, host Carolina, and visit Minnesota. So schedule kind of all over the place. I like the Wales' chances against Vegas, especially here in XL Energy Center. Uh, Vegas is like right in the middle in a lot of categories, except power play, they're 10th, which is pretty good. But right in the middle in almost everything else. Right around the middle. <sighs> Boy. Most likely got to score in the game. You want to say Zucker, but that's kind of a tired thing. Screw Zucker at this point. And I, no, it's nothing against him. I don't mean to say that. I don't mean to say that I do not, don't screw Zucker. I, I take that back. I'm just saying, screw staying. Zucker scores against Vegas. That's a cliche. It's boring. Maybe in Vegas. It's time he did that. Um, most likely got to score in this game. It seems like the guy that has the most success against Vegas historically is Eric Stahl, honestly. So I, I like, I'll see Eric Stahl scoring as the biggest Golden Knights. He is the leading scorer in Minnesota. And it's time he had another one of his multi-point games. And I think he will. Minnesota beats the Vegas Golden Knights 2-1. to one. Low, low scoring. Uh, Stalock stops 30-some shots. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury stops 30-some shots. It's going to be energetic back-and-forth kind of game. But Minnesota uh, squeezes past the Vegas Golden Knights. 2-1. to one. Eric Stahl is the hero in that one. And the number one star, in my humble opinion. I think Eric Stahl is going to have a multi-point game. Two points in the game. A goal and an assist. And the Wild defeat the Vegas Golden Knights 2-1. to one. Let's look around at the prospects and get your questions in, shall we? And we will do as we normally do, open up with the Iowa Wild. Sam Honest continues to lead that club multi-point game after multi-point game. 50 points on the season, though, of course, they haven't been as active this past week. Several days off. They did win 4 to nothing last night, though. Another shutout for the goalie of the future for Minnesota, the immediate future at the very least. 8 Heen, 18-5 on the season. Four shutouts. Kapo Kakinen. He had six shutouts last year. He now has ten shutouts in the AHL in two years, and the season ain't over yet. 2.3 goals against average. And you don't, you don't think this guy's ready for the National Hockey League, especially with the way Dubnik has been playing? I mean, are you ready to buy Dubnik out? or You, you wish you could trade him away, but a lot of people believe it's like, what are you going to get for Dubnik? I mean, who's going to trade for him at this point? And is it the right thing to do? Is it the ethical thing to do because of what's going on behind the scenes? But it's a business. It's a business. It's not personal. It's business. I mean, how many times do you have to say it? How many times do you have to say it on this show? It's not personal. It's business. I mean, everybody knows that. It's not like you're firing somebody and saying, you know, go screw yourself. You know, if you can't afford rent, too bad. Go freeze in the cold. It's not It's not anything like that. Multi-millionaires, you know, making multi-millions more. Do you think Dubnik's on his last contract? I don't think so. Somebody's going to sign Dubnik. Somebody will sign Dubnik at a, as a backup at the very least and watch him take over somewhere. Uh, unexpectedly, quote-unquote. You know how it goes, quote-unquote. It, it's always like that. Um, it's always like that in the National Hockey League where a goaltender struggles, they go be a backup somewhere, and then next thing you know, midway through the season, God, that starter is not too good. And Dubnik, oh, he's been kind of good as a backup. And okay, full-time starter, He's got four shutouts in the last month. He's been unbelievable. That kind of thing. Don't be surprised. Uh, Kapo Kakinen, 
up in the NHL level. He'd been hot and cold. He started off freaking awesome. He had a four. He 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 gave up four goals against the uh, the Rangers, if I remember correctly. Four goals against the New York Rangers. He got that goals against average up. It is what it is. He's gonna be hot and cold, especially when he's young. But he's got that mindset. His English is a hundred percent, hundred percent English. He's awesome at it. Uh, he's he's awesome. He's adjusted well to North America and all that. Um, at least, yeah, North America. Like I said, uh, he's been absolutely spectacular. Uh, love what he does. Seems like he's got that that it factor that not everybody has in the Minnesota Wild organization. Uh, he's been awesome. Uh, how many minor league goaltenders have done this well? To me, he is a, a legitimate NHL prospect and a very, very possible goalie of the future, at least of the immediate future. Notice I keep saying immediate future because we don't know what the future holds with Hunter Jones, with uh, Philip Lindbergh, who's been just beautiful. He's been awesome for UMass uh, Amherst because there's UMass Lowell and then there's UMass Amherst. That's like the regular UMass, you could say. He's been awesome. Kind of a platoon goaltender there. We'll talk about him in a minute, but Kapo Kakinen, legitimate NHL starting goalie, I believe, at this stage. Um, I truly believe that. And let's just move forward here again. Uh, Gerald Mayhew, a guy who's got 31 goals. It's just tearing up every record in uh, Houston Arrows slash Iowa Wild history. He's just been just great. Absolutely spectacular. He deserves to be in the National Hockey League as a right-wing, fourth-line, third-line player who can get 20 goals a season. I mean, he could do that. 15 at least, but to, up to 20 goals, I think. Brennan Mendel's got, got a little bit of an it factor as well. He's still developing. Uh, apparently... Let's just say talk is his, you know, I don't even want to, maybe his agent's a little bit, has been a little bit frustrated that he's not at the NHL level already. Uh, and he probably should be. Let's just say sources would tell you that uh, he's a little, you know, his agent's getting frustrated. And I'm sure Mendel's frustrated in general. It should be up in the NHL. But again, just too many damn defensemen. That's what happens when you sign Greg Pattern. And I don't know. It's a tough situation. You already have Dumba. And then you signed uh, Spurgeon for forever. Don't be surprised if Jared, uh, Jared Spurgeon, if I think Spurgeon or Dumba are going to get traded in the offseason. One of the two will get traded. I, I just got a sneaky feeling and that Menel will wind up with Minnesota at some point. If they truly view Brennan Menel as a guy who is a legitimate NHL player who could get 40 points and, and up, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them gets traded, especially if an offer has floated the Minnesota Wild direction for Spurgeon or Dumba. Uh, right shot defense, but could get uh, you know get, get a uh, pretty package in return. If there's something legit coming in return, Bill Guerin just might pull the trigger. Not now, but I think in the off season, quite possibly, which could uh, not guarantee Brennan Mendel a spot, but it'll open up an opportunity for Mendel to earn a spot as a right shot defenseman for the Minnesota Wild. Otherwise, well, it's like see that's the thing. I don't think he's a third pairing defenseman. And I think 99% of the population in the hockey world that knows what they're talking about would agree. He, he'd have to be on at least in the second pairing. That's why somebody might get traded. And if you can get a damn good package for a Spurgeon or a Dumba, well, there you go. Well, there you go. And you still got Susie on the left side, blah, blah, blah. You don't have Sealer anymore, but you got other prospects like, you know, maybe Jack Sadick eventually, who's doing super well on the ECHL on the left side. Uh, right side. Damn, he's on the right side. My bad. Uh, Jacob Golden's a possibility. We'll get to that later. Uh, Sokolov's now at 11 goals in the season. He's had some good moments. Is it Sokolov? Is it Sokolov? Should I go back to Sokolov? I'll go back to Sokolov. Uh, Belpedio got his fourth goal of the season last night. He's been so quiet. He's another guy again. See, he could play on the third pairing. It wouldn't hurt him because he's an intangible defenseman. 
where Brennan Mendel's a legitimate power play quarterback type of defenseman with 29 assists on the year, 33 points. He's on pace for 60, 70 points in the AHL. He's, he's that good right now. That's how good Brennan Mendel is. Uh, Nico Sturm continues to get better and better and better and better. He's at past half a point now. He'd be a 45, 50-point guy in the AHL, and I think he's got a future at the center position, and I think a guy whose name almost sounds the same, stepping away opens the spot for Nico Sturm to take over. Uh, and I've been saying that all bleeping season, but, I mean, facts as they are. It's a fact. Uh, Louis Belpedio could be a third defenseman. Another reason, again, to possibly make the move with uh, Dunbar Spurgeon. I would not be surprised if one of them is moved in the offseason. And this uh, this from a guy who has been just in love with Spurgeon as a player forever. I love the contract. Odds are... <sighs> Maybe, maybe they don't make a trade, but it's a tough situation. Maybe they'd have to play on the other side. They'd have to play on their offside, possibly. Uh, if there's a Brodeen trade, that type of thing. One of them, I mean, they're capable of doing it. I mean, how many defensemen have played on their offside in the past? So, whatever. It is what it is. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> I'm afraid to trade Brodeen. He's so damn good. But, I mean, I, I respect the frustration of Brendan Mendel and his, and his agent. Uh, you know, and it's one of those things, too. Just read between the lines. Of course they're frustrated, right? Of course they're frustrated because yeah, clearly he's he's got NHL he's got NHL capability and it's it's the way it is. It's the way it is, you know. I mean, yeah, too many damn players on the roster. That's the thing. There's just too many contracts and freaking, what the hell are you going to do? What the hell can you do? Like, uh, you know, Terry Burns would say. Will, Will Bitten has been adding some points. Again, he's at 20 on the season. Again, he's an NHL bottom six, you know, fourth line kind of a center prospect who could also play on the wing like everybody can, that type of thing. So, uh, I don't know, Iowa's been playing well, and the star of Iowa's been Kapokakana, no doubt. And, of course, Gerald Mayhew, Sam Honest, just beautiful. Sam Honest is another guy, you know, you feel for him. He's, he's stuck. I can imagine he, people are frustrated there, too. Mayhew and Honest are probably extremely frustrated. Too many damn contracts. Damn that Zuccarillo contract. As great a guy as he is, and he's so talented, but damn that contract, man. Damn that stupid no-move contract. Oh, it sucks. So let's keep moving. I'm taking forever. Matt Boldy been very solid the past couple of weeks. He's been stepping up. And I should also mention, I've been a part of uh, MNW Prospects. Mostly been giving shout-outs and hints and here and there, but now I'm uh, covering the BCHL, so Nikita Nestorenko, uh, who's from New York, but sounds like he's a Russian, but <laughs> he's from New York, but yeah, probably a Russian anyway. And uh, the, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So I guess I, I, I was temporarily filling it for Brandon Quast, but now yeah, Brandon's uh, going to take over full full duties of the AHL, and he wants me to just you know take over full-time with the BCHL side of the Minnesota Wild Prospects and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So great honor. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Pavel Bennett, of course, the main guy and the founder, along with Merrick Skyba of uh, MNW Prospects. Thank you guys so freaking much for having me be a part of that uh, page so I could keep up with the prospects and cover them. And talk about the excitement with guys like Kovanov and uh, Hovanov, Hovanov of, of the QMHL, Budrias right now as well, who's had some good games. Hovanov's been a joy to cover, even though he had uh, one quiet game and he followed it up with four assists. That was freaking cool. Uh, Matt Boldy finally getting into double digits. Solid couple weeks here for Boston College. Ten points now in the season for Boldy. First off, huge Huge weekend last week. Four four points. He's now at twenty two points as a freshman, eighteen year old freshman, left left winger. Vladislav first off, a legitimate Russian there. 
Uh, that guy's got second-line talent, I think, in the NHL. I mean, he's up to an awesome start. And a second-round pick for Minnesota just last uh, June. 11 points, 11 assists. Awesome. And it's nice to see him that he's even. He's, he's even there with the points and assists. That's a good sign. Beckman has been dominating the WHL. 82 points in 49 games. 38 goals in 49 games for uh, Mr. Beckman and a plus 31 on the season. Whew, Beckman for the Spokane Chiefs of the WHL. I thought I was covering the WHL too, but whoops, nope, that would be uh, that'd be for uh, Justin Back, who does a freaking awesome job. That guy's got a passion for the game. Love you, Justin Back, in case you're listening. And yes, we'll get to uh, Derek Felska as well here in a moment. Um, but yeah, Nikita Nestorenko, he's had some moments. He's at a point a game for the Chiliwack Chiefs, the Chiliwack Chiefs, and where's Chiliwack? It's close to Vancouver, apparently. So, of course, British Columbia Hockey League. And it's a joy covering that. I'm very happy. Uh, from Brooklyn, New York, Nikita Nestorenko from Brooklyn, New York. Nikita Nestorenko. I guess we could say it like that instead. Uh, 17 goals, 31 assists. He's been getting assists. He's, he's had a lot of, like, one-assist games, but it's been consistent. That's what I like about uh, covering Nestorenko. He's generally been in the uh, stat sheet, but the last couple games, no points. Uh, he was he had two points over, but now he's even, unfortunately. Nestorenko. It's been a joy covering him, though, and cool uniforms for those Chiliwack Chiefs and Knights. Philip Lindbergh's been awesome. 1.85 goals against average for UMass Amherst. M. Hurst in his squashmore, no, sophomore year. Seventh-round pick for the Wild last June. Love what he's been doing. Connor DeWeer has been quiet. See, he was awesome for the Everett Silvertips just last year, so... Uh, Beckman's been a bit better, but uh, again, it's just, this is further proof when you look at uh, DeWeer, 37 games, he's got 12 points. Those aren't bad numbers. Just saying, last year he had 81 points in 59 games, 36 goals. So don't get super excited about Beckman just yet because it's a it's an adjustment. It's a long way to go. Uh, this is further proof of it. And, of course, again, the lack of ice time for Connor DeWeer hasn't helped him because there's a lot of, play, a lot of good players in Iowa right now. That's why they've been winning games. So... Stonewall, Alberta, That's that figures. There's a stonewall of players in front of him right now. And that's one of the reasons maybe he hasn't had the opportunities that he should have. Maybe he had in, uh, obviously, Everett, did a Connor DeWitt. So that's a conversation going forward for those of us being very excited about Adam Beckman. But we'll see. Uh, he's got some skills. Just another, uh, there's a million players, though. Like, you look, wow, why, why was he in the third round? Because oftentimes there's things. And apparently with him, it's... Uh, Shall we say it again? Everybody skating. Everybody like skating isn't like up to skating isn't like super high. Kovanov, Hovanov, same thing. You hear about the skating, 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 skating. It just keeps popping up, and of course, a lot of these uh, <laughs> guys, scouts, scouts, and bloggers and all that are frustrated with that over the years. From what I've heard from Derek Felska, <laughs> he's frustrated. Yep, I mean he he knows his hockey boy, Derek Felska. Plus 28 on the year is uh, Alexander Hovanov. Hovanov, 68 points on the year. Again, literally double, two points a game. He's been awesome. And the Mon- Monk, Monkton, I'm finally saying it right. I kept saying it backwards. The Monkton Wildcats. He's been a star for that club. Absolutely spectacular. Still under 20 years of age on April 12th. He'll turn 20th right around the time his, hopefully his line mate, maybe, Kabrazov, joins on board, and uh, his future line mate with Minnesota. We'll see what happens with uh, Alexander Hovanov. Is he truly a top center, or is he somebody that'll not be the same when he moves up? And, uh, and again, talk is with Hovanov. I forget if I said that it's on the last episode. I think I did, but just in case I did not, 
Hovanov will not play in the AHL. He is, uh, when he leaves the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, which I've enjoyed covering, and I'll keep covering it as long as I'm allowed to. <laughs> Thank you very much. Love love that honor to do that. Um, Hovanov's on pace for over 100 points this year, by the way, just to dominate that Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. It sounds better than staying the letters, actually. It sounds way better. Uh, he will not go to the AHL. He is, he, he is NHL or bust. He is NHL or KHL after the Moncton Wildcats. So that's the talk. He has to be in the NHL or he's going to leave to Russia. So that's uh, that's pretty hard business right there. But welcome to sports. Welcome to international players coming to the NHL. Welcome to Russian players especially coming to the NHL. So it's NHL or KHL. So decision time's coming up pretty soon for Hovanov and Bill Guerin. Bill, Billy, Bill Guerin for the Minnesota Wild. So it's going to be very interesting what happens with Hovanov moving forward. Again, a 100, 100-point guy right now. Not officially, but he's on pace for it. No doubt, no doubt about it. Uh, Sam Hench's nice interview most recently as well. I encourage you to check it out. I did post a link to it on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Brave of the Wild, or of course it is on MNW Prospects, MNW Prospects. Links to both pages will be on uh, in the show description. I'm very proud to be an admin and able to write about it. Uh, Sam Hentges is at over a point a game. He missed a couple of weeks with injury. 23 points in 22 games, 7 goals on the season for a team that's certainly not as good as last year in the uh, St. Cloud State Huskies. Uh, Ivan Lodney hasn't played in forever. Mason Shaw, I should mention, finally coming back from the AC, uh, AHL, but way better than the NBA. He came back in a year. Good for him. Actually, less than a year. So, very nice. Scored his first goal of the season in his third game. He's a plus two so far for the Iowa Wild. He played a game a few weeks ago, sat out again, and then now it looks like he might be back uh, legitimately this time. So good for him. Uh, former member of the Medicine Hat Tigers of the WHL, where he was pretty damn good, too. Pretty damn good there, too. But uh, Mason Shaw adjusted nicely to the AHL, and then he had that gosh darn a- uh, ACL again. Poor guy. 33 points last year in Iowa. Not bad. Not bad. And he was the youngest player on the team. To boot, to boot. Coppers off, coppers off, coppers off. <laughs> Sadik has been dominating. Jack Sadik, the former gopher, dominating in the ECHL after a fairly slow start. 25 points now, 21 assists, power play quarterback, plus 28 for an awesome Allen American team. He was winning games like crazy. Uh, love Jack Sadik. So, quite possibly, again, He's a guy, hopefully he can be an NHL prospect. I'm not sure what his numbers would be in the AHL. It's really hard to say. It seems like a pretty big jump from ACHL to AHL. Boca, also right-shot defenseman out of Michigan. More of a physical Nick Sealer type with nine points on the year in 29 games. He's missed games with injury this season, but Sadik has been pretty damn good again after the slow start. Nice to see the seventh-round pick, former gopher, Jack Sadik play as well as he is. So let's get to the questions. At Brave the Wild... At Brave the Wild, actually might go in a different direction. Nope, maybe I'll type it in here. It's BTWMN. So hashtag BTWMN is where you can do the questions. So when you put your questions, do hashtag BTWMN. Ty Sandstrom. Nope, this was on the 22nd. Crease and assist. Yep, I encourage you to join that again with Derek Belscott. You'll hear from him here too as well. Highly recommend you uh, follow that article. You follow the uh, you follow the blog Crease and Assist Crease and Assist. Give Derek Felska a follow at Crease and Assist. 
Ty Sandstrom. Who was he replying to? He said, since the NHL franchise reported to announce their team name finally during All-Star Weekend, and they didn't. They didn't. Those bastards. They didn't announce it. But talk is, the rumor is, it's the Kraken. It is the Kraken. That's the rumor. But of course, they're saying, oh, it hasn't been ruled out yet. So it, that tells me maybe it probably is the Kraken. But we get to wait some more. Bastards. <laughs> Gosh. Tired of waiting, aren't you? So most of these were from the 22nd. Here we go. Dave Johnson, 22nd, which is the last show. New ones here. Dave Johnson, what are the chances Zuccarillo would waive his no-move clause if the Wild commit to a rebuild? And how much salary that MN Wild need to retain? MN Wild, Minnesota Wild need to retain for him to even be tradable. Oh, boy. Uh, honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call ignorance on that one when it comes to the salary needing to retain. I, I apologize for that. I'm going to claim ignorance on that one. Maybe uh, Derek Falska is a good guy for that type of information, I believe. But the chances he would waive his no-move clause, I would think if it's if it's to a team that's legit, like a Vancouver or something that's got a future, I would think, I, I would hope he would be willing to make that move. Because if you're in your uh, if, if you're in your you know, if you're already in your 30s, do you really want to play on a team that's not winning? I mean, I'm sure he's happy to be here, but I would think he would be willing. He doesn't seem like the stubborn type. He he really doesn't. And if you just, you know, you just sit down and are straight shooter and honest and, and polite to him, like I believe Bill Garrett would be, this team's not ready to win right now. Are you willing to accept a trade to the Vancouver Canucks or the Boston Bruins? Who wouldn't accept a trade to the Boston Bruins as long as there's legitimate ice time for him there? Uh, who wouldn't accept a trade to the Boston Bruins right now or the Capitals or something? You know, I mean, Pittsburgh Penguins. Who wouldn't accept a trade to them? So I, I would hope he'd be willing to do that. It's like, yeah, we're not going to trade him to the Ottawa Senators. It would be to a competitor. Uh, that's where I would think the chances are. I believe, as long as he, Bill Guerin's a, a straight enough shooter with him, and I think he would be, I think he would be willing to do that. As for the salary, the Wild would need to retain for him to even be tradable. Well, I mean, then again, the contracts have to be pretty close, right? In order to do that, because I know Zuccarello's making $6 million a year. So, if I'm reading that right, <coughs> pardon me. Well, it's mostly the salary cap. Oh, okay, I get it now. The, sal the whole salary cap situation well, it depends on who you're trading with, too. You know, their salary cap situation. That's what it is, too, as well. You you know, you have to be within rules and all that. Oh, boy. Luckily, I mean, the Minnesota Wild could have some salary cap coming, thanks to uh, salary cap uh, freedom coming with Quavo leaving in the offseason. But, of course, that doesn't help at this moment. Possibly in the summer, maybe. It's where Zuccarello might end up getting traded, which is unfortunate. You might have to wait until the summertime to trade him possibly after Koivu comes off the books. That would be my guess, yeah, depending on the Wilds' cap situation and such. But that's probably one I'll have to get back to you on some more. But again, I mean, uh, you know, it's $6 million coming coming off, and you'd have to get some money back as well. Dave Johnson also asked, is Jared Spurgeon tradable? If so, what kind of return could the Minnesota Wilds get if he waived his no-move clause? I think, he's, uh, I think he's tradable, yes. And that's what I've been thinking as well. I think you could get a lot for him. I think you could get multiple. Uh, you could get a first round pick for him, or uh, and and a, and a player. I think you could do that. A, a hockey trade, that type of thing. But definitely draft picks, at least a first round pick. I gotta think, and a, another player. It's not like he's this superstar though, and he's not having the kind of year 
it's weird. It's like for the first time ever, dare I ask, does Spurgeon seem a little bit like he's, you know, ah, no, I don't even want to go there. Dare I say complacent, but he's not. But it's like, it's the first time it seems like he's not having to play for a new contract because he's not. Um, it's always been like, yep, he's playing for his next contract and this time he's really not anymore. Is he comfortable a little bit? That type of thing. Um, I think the Wild could definitely get a high draft pick, a hockey trade, that type of thing. Would love to see if it's a, just a flat-out hockey trade, a legitimate center to help like lead this team. A guy who's under 30, God forbid, exact player. I don't have anybody uh, in mind other than maybe a Ryan Nugent Hopkins, possibly. If you can get Ryan Nugent Hopkins for him, I don't think that's the dumbest trade ever. Open up a spot for Brennan Mendel, possibly. Louis Belpedio, guys like that. Get rid of uh, Pattern. It's a risky move, but is, if Brennan Mendel is truly ready to go, does he bring the intangibles Spurgeon does? Uh, he has intangibles, and he looks like he fits in. When he was here, he didn't get the points, though. That was the unfortunate part in the uh, short stint he had, but I, I'm not too surprised he didn't right out of the gate. So that's the thing. That's what opened the door for uh, possibly Belpedio and, uh, again, Brennan Mendel to come up to Minnesota, where the future would be now, that type of thing. Because if you trade Spurgeon, you are flat out rebuilding, you know, as best you can. Again, still stuck with those stupid, stinking contracts. We all know who those two guys are. That would be the problem. And I'm getting a little bit too long with the answers. I apologize. Uh, but uh, that's what I'm thinking. I, I'd like to get a Ryan Nugent Hopkins type. And uh, I'm sure Edmonton would just, oh, they'd be uh, very thrilled to have him. Because defense has been a problem in Edmonton forever. Here we go. So Derek Falskus has got a Minnesota Wild question on your mind. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, Derek, for putting that up there on Feb the 3rd there. The Battle of Alberta, says Derek Falska, has certainly heated up with the Cassian versus the Chuck and now a goalie fight. While the NHL has certainly gone away from the old bench-clearing brawls, what is what was your favorite hockey fight that you've ever seen live or watched on TV? Oh, my. Uh, it was nice to see Neil Broughton and Gretzky. It was nice to see that. I believe years ago, didn't Lemieux and Bobby Smith get in a big fight in the Cup Finals? That was kind of a cool one. Just to see guys you don't expect as much. Oh, boy. There's been some good ones. Uh, you know, most recently. Yeah, wasn't that the one? Cassian at the Chuck. Oh, that was that was really good. That was way up there. Uh, that was way up there. Uh, there were some good ones in the past with the Blackhawks. It's like the names are kind of blanked, but the ongoing constant fighting with the North Stars and Blackhawks in the 91 playoffs, that was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Uh, gloves everywhere, you know, that type of thing. And it was funny seeing, of all people, Basil McRae was not involved. That was, he's just kind of watching like, whoo, like that. <laughs> he did the thing with his eyes, like, whoo, like that. <laughs> that was fun to watch. Uh, there's no single one other than, again, that was, that Cassian versus the Chuck, that was the best one this year. That was way up there. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Ah, uh, man. I'm blanking right now on that one. I don't know why I'm blanking on stuff right now, and I apologize, but generally the the, the fights with Chicago and Minnesota back in the old days were really good. Jay Bushy says, I know Russo has said Gary needs to move a winger to make room for a cup resolve next season. If the Wild continue to be outside the playoffs, who do you trade? Gary has also said he needs to make room for cap. Yeah, cap isn't cap resolve. Not the other cap. <laughs> okay, I'm getting long-winded. I apologize. Zucker, for sure, I think, is the most expendable guy. I'm going to keep saying that. Um, he's the most expendable. 
And again, Copper's help can play on the left side and all that. And it sounds like you don't want to ever put. It sounds like you don't want to put uh, Fiala on the on the on the left side. He's just one of those left shot guys that plays right. So Carrillo's natural right winger, despite the fact he shoots left. Kaprizov shoots left, and he's been playing right, which is really crazy, which makes it complicated. You're, you, uh, you can't trade Cunningham. You just can't. He's got too much value with the center position and all that, and I don't think you'd get fair value for him. Uh, Greenway is a possibility. It's it's between Greenway and Zucker, I think, and it might even be might even, it might even be both. Okay, I, I hope. I don't know if you heard that, but yeah, it might be both. <laughs> yeah, I said it out loud. It might be both, but Zucker for sure. Uh, again, it's no disrespect. It is what it is. He's too inconsistent. What you're going to get back, oh boy. I mean, maybe you could get a first-round pick for him because 33 goals, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you can get a second-line center for him. Oh, creepy. I don't want to see that thing. In this. Uh, there's an owl. Ugh. Luckily, he's not looking this way. Creepy. Owls. Ugh. I don't know. They're cool, but they're creepy. You don't see them very often. Sorry, looking outside, distracted at that one. But uh, to me, it's Zucker and Zucker and or Greenway. It really is. Uh, Felino, I think you want to keep. I think that'd be a huge loss. Not because he's a super valuable guy, but he's he's just you know he's got his value. Derek Felska continues here. If Matt, and thank you very much, uh, Jay. Thank you very much for that question. Cool stuff there. Derek says, if Matt Boldy only turns out to be a third liner at the NHL level, how bad is that for the Minnesota Wild? Very bad because, well, again, the only crappy part is another left winger. So there's, I don't know where the hell you're going to put all these guys. So people, more people are going to get traded. Like I said, both. Greenway has not been that impressive, to be quite honest. He'll he'll flash for a moment or two, and then he's back in the doldrums of nothing land. Looks like that big bird just flew away. So, okay, no creepy stuff going on here. <laughs> Those owls are creepy, man. That would be extremely disappointing. Uh, and it would be the same old thing. The, oh, he can't skate. He's a third liner. You know, we, we've had that happen every bleeping time, it seems like, lately. Uh, except for Koprizov. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And he's a fifth rounder. So it's like the expectations weren't even there until the, he started flashing in the, in, the, in the KHL. And it's like, yeah, this is a legitimate star. The reason why he was taken in the fifth round is because he's not going to come for a long time. It's, it's been a while. 2015 is four freaking, five freaking years ago. So it's a while. It's a long wait, but looks like that one's going to pan out beautifully. Boldy, third line, not good. Uh, for a 12th overall pick, that'd be freaking frustrating. Uh, really freaking frustrating, and I, I think the possibility is very high that could be where things head. Uh, a lot of the hockey magazines and all that see him as a top liner. Uh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. He's not showing a whole lot so far for Boston College. Um, and of course, heck, even freaking... Uh, why am I forgetting his name now? Middlestat, um, <laughs> you know, like he didn't even like flash right away, but eventually he did get to 30 points and he only played a freshman year at Casey Middlestat and he still hasn't done a whole lot in the National Hockey League, honestly. First overall, eighth eighth pick, he's on the Rochester Americans. So I don't know, he hasn't done a whole lot in the NHL either. So there is that possibility. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think he should have stayed in college though. Hopefully Boldy does for another couple of years and maybe he can... Uh, get get closer to becoming the player we thought he would be but like you said to me the skating you know is not uh, up to par and you actually didn't have him way up there do check out Derek Felska's uh false Derek Felska's uh, article about the prospects the list of prospects very cool do check that out I get crease and assists thank you very much for that it'd be a huge miss I mean to, to keep it short there'd be a huge miss it really would be so with that said 
Thank you guys so much for the questions. That's awesome. Keep them coming. Uh, yeah, keep them coming if you could. Derek Belska, how the way you set that up. I appreciate that so much that you do that. It's uh, very, very helpful to the show. And I can't thank you enough. And I'll continue to plug your uh, plug your, your blog, Reason Assist. And yeah, God bless you. Thank you so much. Uh, again, <laughs> Pablo Bennett, Merrick Skyba, Justin Back. Brandon Quast, you guys are awesome. Thank you for having me on MNW Prospect. Do join that. Prospects. Major shout out to uh, Minnesota Wild Global as well. Scott Cavendish, Chad Walski, David Kostick, Chance Kostick, many, many others on there as well. Major shout out to the uh, Minnesota Wild Global page. Do check that out as well if you could. Thank you guys again for the questions. Thank you for the conversation. Please do write a positive rating for. Uh, for Brave the Wild on iTunes if you could iTunes or any of the other publications if they allow you but Apple Apple iTunes Apple Podcast seems to have that the most out there positive rating tell us what you like tell us what you like improve this and that I probably shouldn't be so wordy now making the shows longer than I need to be with uh, some of the other segments as well the other parts of the show so I apologize if it's a little dragging a little too long my apologies for that but maybe you like it this way <clears throat> with that <laughs> with that said again do join the page if you could. There's the uh, audio submission route if you could. Uh, there's the uh, simply use the voice recording free app on most smart devices on the planet. In fact, every smart device. Simply just turn it on, click record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, uh, save it, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and you'll be on board. Thank you again. You'll be on board in this segment, uh, later stages of the show, asking questions, commenting, this and that. Keep the questions coming. It's fun. It's fun. I apologize for going blank. On a couple things there. It's just how it goes sometimes, though. Sometimes, I mean, there have been so many good fights, and my mind is just going blank. And, of course, the the, the money retained. Oh, man. You know, I apologize for that. But uh, at the end of the day, again, I, I said what I could at this stage about that one. Again, the $6 million and all that. And luckily, Koi were coming off the book. So maybe that trade with Zuccarello would happen in the offseason if he was willing. But possibly, the, I, I think the Wild could do it this, this year, too, though. I think they could do it before the... Uh, the uh, trade deadline. It shouldn't be a huge problem, but quite possibly there would have to be some money retained. Yes, uh, maybe at least $3 million would be my guess at the end of the day. I apologize if I'm way off with that. Uh, thanks again. Tell your friends about the show, and we'll talk to you in a week.